familiar place. They're on top of the NBA world. They've reached the summit of the Avalanche for 2022 Stanley Cup champions. Episode 170 of Four Future Considerations. The gang's all here because we have no trade clauses. We're not getting dealt anytime soon. John Rashad, Matt Dumichel, yours truly, Manny Pava. Fellas, how are you? Well, I'm glad you brought that up because I've been trying to trade Rashad to basically every program I could think of. PTI <laughs> wants him. Rome wants him. He's replacing Skip Bayless. Uh, <laughs> Stephen A. Smith's like, hey, I got to get my guy on the show. Nope. Sorry, no, no movement clause. <laughs> they would have to offer you Shane Wright and 10 first round picks, right? In the same year. I yes. want one in the same year. <laughs> I also want Shane Wright's NHL rights so I can decide when Seattle can take him back. <laughs> and I also want a nice, a nice steak dinner. I want like somewhere really nice, you know, not the keg. I want, I want like Gibson's in Chicago or something. Take me to a real nice steakhouse. Now we're talking. Mike Wilbon's on the phone. Come on, more than one meal. One, you need like a few steak dinners, right? Like, oh, like I'm, I'm just thinking a, a steak dinner for for all my people. Like, I think we close Gibson's down. <laughs> <laughs> show up with the entourage like Manny trying to walk through Devonshire Mall he, he basically takes up the entire width of the, the alley with Jojo and Slim Bob and all these other guys we want to take all those guys out for, for a steak dinner wait a minute wait a minute are you trying to trade him and they won't do the deal or John's not waiving his no trade clause No, I'm, I'm, this, I've, I've had this guy placed six different places today and he won't waive his no trade clause? Listen, you're going to replace Tony Kornheiser. You're a younger, balder. It can be Tony Kornheiser. No. No. Nope. Nope. Happy here. Thanks. Happy nope. here. Stay in here for deal. the rebuild. Well, Rashad, you would look good in a fedora too, buddy. Like, I'm just saying. <laughs> On TV? That'd yeah. be good. Look, he lives in Washington, D.C. He golfs. You can do the show wherever you want. Nope. New, thank you. Right here, Markdale. I got to the scoreboard this weekend. Doesn't want to do the second ranked <laughs> podcast. He'd rather do the first ranked. I don't right. Mike, <laughs> Michael Michael Rappaport, call me. Listen, I, it's his show. I'll I'll even stop talking. It's his show. No, no, not gonna do it. <laughs> we just because it's trade deadline week in junior hockey across Canada. And in parts of the U.S. for that matter. Uh, And there was one deal in the WHL where a team gave up two players, including a world junior player, and in return got four players and 10 draft picks, including four first rounders. Unbelievable. (laughs) And I still don't think they'd get John Rashad for that deal. No, no. <laughs> like, that's some Sonny Weaver bullshit What's going on in that deal. <laughs> you pancake-eating mofo. <laughs> <laughs> the world's a little different than it was 10 minutes ago. Oh, man. Uh, before we get going here, Matt, we got to ask, how was Crosley's first trip to Little Caesars Arena? He had a great time. He, he got a foam finger and a stuffed octopus and nearly saw that team get shut out at home. 
first time. We had a great time. We moved down to the glass with about six minutes left in the game, about two minutes left in the game. Lucas Raymond tapped one in on the power play right beside him. He got all excited. He was chirping Vanacek, the goalie for the Devils. He's he's our, hates the New Jersey Devils now. Absolutely hates the Devils. The Devils. We were playing. We were playing with our NHL matching card game. He wouldn't even pick it up. They were right. Two of them right in front of him. He wouldn't even pick them up. Nope. I'm not matching these losers. <laughs> have you shown him the Seinfeld episode with David Putty and the Devils? I, I have not. I have not. Okay. Because I, like, he, Crosby loves the idea of mascots, but also hates mascots at the same time. I'm pretty sure David Putty would push him over the edge. <laughs> <laughs> he would be the priest. He would be the priest in the room afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> somebody would come and save him and there'd be a bright light shining behind her and he'd think that was the Madonna oh my <laughs> he'd be gosh done. he'd be done speaking of popular sitcom characters from the 90s our good friend and loyal listener Kiefer did not recognize the name Joey Tribbiani wow so hmm. Is is that a surprise for you, fellas? I, I know this isn't one of your questions, Rashad, for the debate, mm-hmm. but let me throw this out <laughs> to you guys. Is that a surprise or sounds just about right? That's a surprise for me because that show is still on and reruns all the time and everybody watches it on Netflix. I feel like he would have had to have seen some episodes. Yeah, I think like Friends is one of those things you you accidentally have seen a bunch of them, but then when you when you place the person and you realize it's not an overweighted overrated white rapper, then maybe <laughs> it's like okay, yeah, that that makes sense. I, I can understand how he doesn't uh, he doesn't know who Joey Tribbiani is. <laughs> and we're off and running. This is going to be a great episode. Big hello to everyone listening in the Owen Sound area as the city gets set to host. Hockey Day in Canada this weekend. That should be fun. Yeah, that'll be a great time. A big alumni game with men and women hockey players, former NHLers and Sportsnet personalities, plus the Owen Sound Attack play this weekend too. Should be a lot of fun. And then also the big broadcast across the country coming from Harrison Park as well. So um, two venues in Owen Sound are going to be hopping this weekend. Yeah, and no one is making more off of this event than our good friend John Rashad. And we love, we all three of us, the one thing we can agree on time and time again is we love Owen Sound and we loved our time in Owen Sound. So we've got a bunch of podcast episodes where we've connected with people from Owen Sound to the Owen Sound area. Our good friends Fred Wallace, Mike Fuda, Sean Kruger. So look for some of those episodes. Go back in the archives. There's a bunch of gems back there. This is like going on a dinosaur bone hunt. You're just going to put the shovel in the ground and oh my gosh, there's a stegosaurus right there. That's what it's like. So many great stories on the podcast. So go back and listen to some of those too. Wait, is Fred the stegosaurus or is Futes the stegosaurus? I I didn't name names. I didn't name names. Also, we want to say congratulations to our good friend, Curtis in California, who defeated Tony in Mississauga to win the inaugural for future considerations, Fantasy Football League. We will get Curtis on the podcast over Super Bowl week to debate sports with us as his top prize. Yeah, I was just talking with him uh, the last uh, the last couple of days here. He's, uh, ooh, he doesn't like you, Manny. So I'm looking forward to that show. 
Well, he should like me because my QB won him the league title. Well, see, there you go. Yeah. (laughs) That's all he's going to win. Well, it's going to be a nice wrap-up to our uh, football fantasy pool. Speaking of football, that will kick us off in this week's debate. Nickel package here for the Giants. Hurts hooks a pass downfield. Coming back for it, A.J. Brown. The timing worked. The NFL playoffs are set. The Philadelphia Eagles and the Kansas City Chiefs are the number one seeds and get a bye. This weekend is wild card weekend, of course, with some tasty matchups. The Bills against the Dolphins, the Cowboys in Tampa Bay, and Jacksonville is hosting the Chargers. We had a few questions from listeners about this one. Which team is poised for the upset? Yeah, this is uh, they've got a, a few uh, a few good playoff matchups in in this round that are interesting. I guess each of them kind of has their own little uh, uh, their own little tasty uh, nugget, like you said. Except for that Giants Viking game, that's going to be shit. But <laughs> <laughs> I I think the if you're looking for if you're looking for upsets. Uh, I don't know, and, and this is this is kind of a, a BS response uh, to, to come from me. And I don't know that five four matchups are upsets, so to speak. But I like both the five seeds in in the AFC and the NFC. I like the Cowboys over Tampa Bay, and I like the Chargers over Jacksonville. Not necessarily a a, a real ringer of of an upset. I don't think the the Dolphins stand much chance. I mean, the Ravens would have to pull off some sort of miracle to pull that off, too. Uh, I, I think San Francisco is going to be playing football for a long, long time. So those would be the ones that are upsets, but they're not really going to light the world on fire. The four five matchups. You are all on the Cowgirls. I am going to take Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Let's go. A, because I hate the Cowboys Uh or the Cowgirls (laughs) or whatever you want to call them. But I also think you can't bet against Tom Brady. He gets a week off to rest his 45-year-old body, and he can have another avocado smoothie and prepare for the big game against the Dallas Cowboys. Plus, the Cowboys are awful on the road. And they've already played once this year, and Tampa Bay won that matchup. If I'm picking an upset this weekend, I'm going to pick the Buccaneers at home against Dallas. So Manny's taking the four seed as an upset. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, the Cowboys are favored. The Cowboys are favored in that game. (laughs) And we had a couple of questions about the Buffalo Bills. Do you think the uh, DeMar Hamlin storyline helps the Bills down the stretch? 100,000%. You know, I think in the playoffs, we see the close-knit teams be successful. You can, when when they win the championship, even when they lose and the teams are tough to console, you know, you can see how close a group is. And I think the Hamlin situation just made the Buffalo Bills that much closer and therefore that much more dangerous come the NFL playoffs. I think that's a huge storyline and a huge, huge boost to the Bills when they will go up against the Bengals and or the Chiefs in the AFC playoffs. Yeah, I, I think that's it. And I, 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 not to say that it's not going to to help. Obviously, that's something that they're going to hold true together for the rest of their lives, right? 
Buffalo is just such a good team that you know I I think they they come in again second ranked in the uh, in the AFC. The Chiefs have the bye. The Bills are are the two seed. So I mean, in theory, if everything works out the way it would, they would play Miami in the first round. The winner of the Jacksonville Chargers matchup in the, or the uh, if if the Ravens win, otherwise they they play the Bengals. So, I mean, I, I still think the Bills are a good enough team to not need the extra motivation. Do I think that's something they're going to call along a lot? I'm sure they will in conversation. You know, I think that's something that they'll obviously pay tribute to throughout, throughout the year. I don't think it's it's a – I don't think it helps the story. You know, the storyline is going to play out, I'm sure, but I don't think it's something they're really necessarily going to need to lean on because – they are one of, if not the best team in the AFC as it is. We also saw Aaron Rodgers look downright defeated after Green Bay was eliminated from the playoffs with their loss to Detroit on Sunday Night Football. Dave and Owen Sound wants to know if we think Rodgers is going to retire. I think we're in for another offseason of I want to trade. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to do. Uh, nobody's talking about me enough, so I'm going to say something but not really say <laughs> something. Uh, and, this, and, and I think he's going to be back. I, I, I think he comes back because I also think that uh, like Tom Brady, like some of the other guys that, that are a little bit a little bit off in the head in the sense that they're super competitive super driven, super focused guys. I mean, he's he's now got a new girlfriend, uh, it sounds like, so maybe that will distract him and such for, for the summer. But I, I really don't think Aaron Rodgers, in the way that this season ends, and the fact that he was very verbal at the end of the year and it didn't go his way, can just pick up his ball and go home. He's just not built that way. Should he retire? He probably should have retired at the beginning of this year. And I think he's going to be a baby about it again, just like he was last year. But he's coming back. He's not ending on on the way that that went. Who's his girlfriend, Rashad? You know all this stuff. <laughs> I actually don't. Oh, he's got, yeah, he's got a new girlfriend. She's a, she's something. She's a... <laughs> She's an actress or a she's singer. Or, yeah, I don't know. She's somebody. She, she's a recognizable name, I should say. Isn't it Mallory Edens? Yes. Oh, yeah. She's the Milwaukee Bucks owner's daughter. And we've looked her up before. He's like part owner, too, <laughs> yeah. right? So yeah. isn't that a little incestuous or something yeah, like that? Yeah. He might be worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I mean, if that's your cup of tea. For all the reasons you said about Aaron Rodgers, about how he has sort of eggs on his face because he was big talker, Betty Crocker, towards the end of the season, and they lost, and the way they lost, and the way he performed in the fourth quarter, he had 12 yards of passing in the fourth quarter, gave up that big interception too. He didn't give up his jersey when Jamison Williams asked for it. The way he walked off the field with his buddy, Randall Cobb. I think he's done. I think Aaron Rodgers is done. And for the third straight offseason, I agree with you, Matt. For the third straight offseason, it'll be a storyline. But I think in the end, he's done. This is it. So when does he pull the plug then? When does he officially retire? Because I can not, see him being the guy. If he's going to go the retirement route, I can see him going the, the Gronkowski way and never actually even saying it. 
and just letting people talk about it and wait for the first quarterback to go down by for injury and start sparking up the conversation again and, and all of this stuff. Like, I don't know what his contract looks like, but he's at some point we're just constantly going to be talking about him. I, I feel like he's the guy that would just wouldn't even say anything. I think it's, it happens right after the Super Bowl uh, or around the Super Bowl. I think he's going to go with, What's her name? Mallory Edens and go on a vacation to Markdale <laughs> to hang out with John Rashad yep. and and go hunting or something. What do you guys hunt up there, Rashad? <laughs> uh, my dog hunts uh, skunks. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then after his hunting trip, maybe he'll call it off. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's, he's got uh, those. Nice. What, 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 uh, is that why you're so busy, Rashad? Like everybody comes to you so you can lead them on these hunting expeditions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's the pace car. Uh, on that note, now it's time for our play of the week. <laughs> This is incredible. You know, guys, I gotta be honest. I have goosebumps. Unbelievable. Oh my God. Oh, wow. We're not gonna share it here in the episode. We're gonna do uh, what we've done before. We're gonna get you to go to our social media accounts and then you can pick the uh, best play of the week. But we wanna share one of the finalists with you. Three seconds to shoot. Ace to half court. Pulls up for three at the buzzer. He got it! Max Ace That's a half-court buzzer beater for Oral Roberts as the Golden Eagles get a huge victory in college basketball. And uh, some good options this week, right, guys? Some emotional options, I find. Yeah, yeah. They yeah. Were, that's, a good, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. That's a very good option. Uh, Matt and I have talked about it. Rashad, have you come close to his in, hitting a buzzer beater, a half-court buzzer beater? <laughs> Not even close. <laughs> Have you hit the key on the half court buzzer beater? <laughs> Is your buzzer beater the staples button? <laughs> <laughs> that was easy. <laughs> exactly. Truly, though, guys, can can any of you actually take a shot playing basketball without counting backwards three, two, one, and letting it go at any? <laughs> Right. No. I can't. No, no, I can't. No, I can't. Nope. I can't either. There's no way. I've got the. I think Matt and I did it together in the summer on the basketball net that I have in the we in the driveway. Yeah, three, two, one. He hits it. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Some really good options this week. Uh, a football, uh, basketball, two hockey options too. Emotional. That was a good word, Matt. Our play of the week brought to you by London Awnings, quality that shows. Get yourself a box of tissues and enjoy the four uh, plays of the week. And join every week. Podcast FFC on Twitter is where you're going to find all of the options. Vote for your favorite play and then we'll release the winner of that week. And now on to the World Juniors. It ended in dramatic fashion with a golden goal. Joshua walks. Walks in. Golden goal. 
Dylan Gunther scored the winner in overtime as Canada defeated Czechia for their second straight gold medal at the World Juniors. But everyone's talking about the two goalie interference calls against the U.S. and Canada's victory over the United States in the semifinals. We got a few questions from you about them, too. What did you guys think of the calls? Well, the second one was definitely goalie interference. The guy harpooned the goalie out of the way and the puck went in the net. But the first one, that's a good hockey goal. And I understand everybody was coming at me on Twitter, on social media, saying that's the rule. That's the double IHF rule. But I did say in my initial tweet that the rule needs to be changed to allow for a hockey play. There was no way the goalie was interfered with as the player was getting the puck. Yes, he partially touched the goaltender, but in no way did it hinder the goaltender's ability to try to make the save. And I think that's the difference between a good goal and goalie interference. If you're not allowing the goaltender to make an effort at the puck to stop it from going into the net, then it should be a goal. But if you do hinder the goaltender's ability, then it's goaltender interference. It should be cut and dry. The double IHF needs to be a little bit more specific. It was a huge goal because if that counted, the U.S. makes it a 3-3 hockey game. And we may be talking about something else here. Actually, it's funny. I was listening to part of the game because I had to run out. The dog needed to go for a walk. And uh, Craig Button on the radio was... 100% 100% convinced that that goal was uh, the call was going to be the opposite of what it ended up being. And so he was sure the U S would get the call and they did not. And he was, he was absolutely stunned. Yeah. And I'm surprised because both goals were called goals on the ice in action. So they had to review the goals and then make the decision. And Manny, you're absolutely crazy. You're, you're right on this case, but you're absolutely crazy for just a lot of other reasons. <laughs> the first one, absolutely. Hockey play, he did not interfere with the goaltender or impede him from getting into position to make a save in any way, shape, or form. That is that is a good goal. The second one, yes, he pokes at the, at the pads and, and all of that stuff for sure. He went in hard the pads and I've watched the highlights again a couple of times. The only thing that I will say to that is the whistle plays into such a huge part of those plays all the time where if there is an early whistle and the referee loses track of the puck and the puck is wide open in behind the net, nothing can happen. It's, it's past the goalie. It's open. Referee blows the whistle because he loses sight of it. Plays dead. In this play, the whistle hadn't gone yet. So to me, that is an indication from the referee that play is still going. And I mean, do I think that he intentionally tried to hurt the goaltender by by harpooning him in the pads? Absolutely not. And he knew exactly where that puck was and tried to pool cue that thing into the net. And he got a good piece of it and went through. So... Is it goaltender interference to to try to stab the goaltender's leg in the way that he did? For sure it is. But my problem with it is that there was no whistle. Play at that point, you have to assume, is continuing because I know very, very well, and just like anybody else that, that watches hockey for any extended period of time, if the puck is loose and the referee blows the whistle, it's dead no matter what. 
So if you don't blow the whistle, you're still playing. And that's the part, that's the hard t- part that I have with that one, especially in the sense that you called it a goal on the ice and then reviewed it and said it was no goal. Do you think that's because the referees are not necessarily double I HF referees? Like they come from other leagues to ref this tournament? Do you For know what sure. I mean? Where the it's, rules are different? They and like you're not even you're coming from different leagues, and I get it if you're coming from like junior hockey compared to the double IHF, but you're coming from around the world. Like that's that's the hard part of it. Like you know, you're getting guys that referees work very well in groups and that's the why they do keep referees together and don't just move guys around and they, you just happen to be in town and ref this game and ref that game you know so there's a lot you talk about a team having to come together a, a referee corps or a lines group has to really learn how to work together in those kind of situations in a very quick manner especially guys that they've never met that are from other countries so it's it, sure. It, I think it puts the referees in an unfair position. No questions asked. But for the play itself, if you don't blow the whistle, play is still going. And the puck ends up in the net, however it gets it in the net. And you pointed to it and called it a goal. I'm not 100% sure that you can go watch the video and say, no, that's that wasn't a goal. Are you ready? The first one is from Roy in Sarnia, who writes that he thinks a number of players got snubbed with the NHL All-Star rosters. There's still 12 spots open, but he wants to know who is the biggest snub as of right now. So this is the new format the NHL is introducing where they pick one player from each team in each division to make the initial All-Star rosters. And then they have fan votes two players and a goalie in each division to round out the rest of the all-star field. So it's a little bit crazy to think that Leon Dreisaitl and Austin Matthews are not going to the all-star game Mm -hmm. because other players on their team were picked ahead of them, Mm -hmm. a.k.a. Connor McDavid with the Edmonton Oilers. But that's what we're looking at. And I don't like it one bit. I think this is ludicrous that you don't have Austin Matthews and Leon Dreisaitl as automatics in the NHL All-Star game. Um, Dreisaitl will likely get voted in, but will David Pasternak get voted in? He's third in in scoring in the NHL with 58 points. Dreisaitl has 62 points. And they didn't take Pasternak. They took the goaltender, Linus Olmark, who is having a great season. But the, the NHL's got to do something here. How do you leave your biggest stars out of your quote-unquote showcase game for the fans at the All-Star festivities? Well, not only that. David Pasternak has 32 goals. This is the second highest goal scorer in the league. For the goalie? Come on. Really? Like... sports in general and this is everybody these all-star games why why do we think so hard on these why do we spend so much time trying to come up with these new formulas and just get the best players in the all-star game no there aren't any arizona coyotes this year you know why the team's shit and no one cares no no there's no like Really, what are we thinking? We got to send somebody from from just some like every team 
because we really were desperate to make sure that that market shows one player on there. There's no, like, and this is every sport. This is everybody. The Detroit Tigers did not have an all-star last year. They didn't, they didn't have an all-star the last two years. You basically just picked a guy and he made the all-star team because you have to have a representative from every single team. It, it does not make any sense. Rasmus Dahlin is another example. Like He's third in defenseman scoring. He's on pace for some ridiculous thing, like almost 90 points. And he can't go because of the because of Tage Thompson. This isn't that he doesn't need to be an all-star, but you can't take the third highest scoring defenseman because you've already got one guy, and we gotta make sure that the Chicago Blackhawks have a representative. Like no, nobody cares. Nobody cares. Right? Seth Jones, good player. Is he an all-star? No. Clayton no. Keller. Arizona Coyotes. Is he an all-star? Good little player. Is he an all-star? No. No. Kevin Hayes gets healthy scratched yeah. by his coach with the Philadelphia Flyers. Yet he's going to the all-star game? Come on now. And realistically, some of these guys have to feel that. Like, Kevin Hayes has got to feel pretty uncomfortable walking into that room and looking around at some of the names in the locker and and being like, yep, I belong like, let's be realistic here. These guys aren't aren't stupid either. And and no one is watching the All-Star game just to see how Kevin Hayes performs. Would you rather have Troy Terry or Leon Dreisaitl? Yeah. Representing the Pacific Division. Really? Like, that's, Come on. that's what it is. I mean, you know, you, you let some of these guys in that, that absolutely do, do, you know, let's be honest. Let's look at the teams and look at the names and look at the stars. And that's that's all we're doing. We're not picking on anybody or, or, or deciding on, on whatever. Look at the roster of some of these teams and see where these points guys are. Is Does Jordan Cairo need to be an all-star in St. Louis? Is he, a, like, one of the best players in the Western Conference? I don't think so. Like, who are some of these teams that, you know, you've got to send somebody, which is hard enough for some of these teams. And the fact that we've got to make room for uh, the Ottawa Senators to have an all-star. Like, they're one of the most disappointing teams in the league this year. We have to send an all-star because, God forbid, we watch an all-star game in Florida and there isn't a guy from Ottawa there. Get real. Yeah, I think that this made sense back when leagues were a little smaller. Say you have 15, 20 teams and maybe you want to see everyone represented. But when there are 30 teams, you can't squeeze a guy from each team in there because you're going to leave out legitimate all-stars now. That whole idea has run its course and the leagues are all too big now to try and squeeze a guy in from every team. It it does not make sense anymore. And you have future, fewer guys on the ice. It's a three-on-three tournament now. I yeah. know there's other events that take place, but you're, it's not even six-on-six. Six. It's three-on-three. Three. Yeah. Why don't you just make it easy and make it, it? You got two teams. You got two, uh, you know, three lines uh, or four lines a team. So you got twelve guys. It just take the top twenty-four scorers. Who cares what conference they're in? Who cares what what team they play for? What league they play for? And just make the top 24 scoring forwards make the all-star team. And make it something you can use in their contracts to say, hey, there's a bonus for you to be an all-star. And it's not just because you're the only player that anyone has heard of on our team. 
it's because you're one of the highest scorers in the league. And now another football question from Matt in Kitchener. Which NFL team has been the most disappointing this season? Uh, For me, it's easy. The answer is the Denver Broncos. Like, here's a team that some people said had Super Bowl aspirations. All they were were a quarterback away. They get Russell Wilson and they finish 5-12. and 12. Mm-hmm. Like, here's a team that thought they were going to the Super Bowl. Some people thought we're going to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They didn't even win half their games. And furthermore, that whole division is disappointing. Everybody thought the AFC West was going to be the best division. The NFC East was the best division with my Philadelphia Eagles. Come on now. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that there's a more disappointing player either in, in the NFL than, than Russell Wilson and what happened with, with Russell Wilson. Uh, for me, I look at even a little bit further down, uh, and, and whether you wanted to consider them or not uh, a Super Bowl contender, I don't think anybody necessarily did, but the the wheels just fell off in Arizona. I mean, you lose Kyler Murray to injury. in a, Before that, he seemed, in some cases a little like he'd rather be playing badminton or something like that, or, or maybe playing backgammon with his grandma. He seemed very disengaged, very disinterested. You, you end up getting the, your, your stud wide receiver back. You go and get AJ green, you get Deandre Hopkins back from suspension. And now where we sit at the end of the day is you probably don't have Kyler Murray for most of next year. You fired your head coach and your general manager was probably going to get fired anyways, left for, for health concerns. Like, all of a sudden, you have to rip this entire team back down to the ground. And there's a lot of questions around the massive extension you just gave your quarterback and Kyler Murray. And we have a question from Tom in Stratford. Was Trevor Bauer's release from the L.A. Dodgers expected? And will he sign elsewhere? I think that was pretty expected. I think it was pretty obvious that that was going to go through uh, of, of what was going to happen. I mean, he becomes eligible uh, early um, and then now becomes uh, a free agent or an option, at least for, for other teams as far as his, his release. I'll go as far as saying, because Major League Baseball has a track record of this better than the other major sports, I don't think Trevor Bauer is going to get picked up by anybody. I think that's the end of that. Hmm. I I think he does. And I don't know when, but he's 32 years old, so he's getting up there. But Justin Verlander is proving age is just a number. So is Scherzer. So is Clayton Kershaw, for that matter. But his last two years, he had a 1.73 ERA and a 2.59 ERA before he was suspended. Um, So I think a team's going to look at that and trot out the, he is, uh, he has changed, right? They're going to play that card. And that's, uh, he's been rehabilitated, shall we say. And they're going to play that card, even though I would tend to agree or hope that you're right, Matt, and that he doesn't find another job in baseball. Not surprised that he got released. I think that was the worst kept secret in baseball. Yeah, and and he's going to be a tough sell because not just of of the of the incident itself or the allegations itself. He was not a very friendly, um, 
sociable, likable guy to begin with. He was an odd guy. And and I don't know that he was really a clubhouse guy or nobody I don't know of anybody or, or any articles that that had read even of like things that he was well liked. He just seemed like a strange guy to begin with. So, you know, the the only one I guess you can compare this to in Major League Baseball is Roberto Ozuna, who gets traded to Houston, ends up winning a World Series and is outcasts almost immediately after they win the World Series. I, I don't even think Trevor Bauer gets that far. I really, like, I, I'm not sure that he would even be able to sit through the press conference like a normal person of the team announcing they've signed him and that he's rehabilitated and he's, he's uh, you know, we're, we're helping him get through whatever he needs to get through. I don't even think he'd be willing to sit through that. He does beat to his own drum, or like he just follows the beat to his own drum, right? So For sure. he is a little bit of a different cat. And we posted this video on our social media feed. Up to $500 if he hits this one! Yes, baby! The Hoosier Lottery Shootout! Nathaniel, $500 and a prize pack from the Hoosier Lottery. Congratulations! A fan of the Indiana Pacers game made a free throw, a three-pointer, and then a half-court shot and won $500? Pardon me, but shouldn't he have won a lot more than 500 bucks? He should have pulled a John Rashad and held out for partial ownership of the Indiana Pacers. <laughs> Reggie Miller should be buying... So he could date winner. the daughter of the owner of the yeah, Indiana sure. Pacers? Reggie Miller should be forced to buy him dinner at courtside or at center court even. Dale Davis should be there. Get, get them all back. Jermaine O'Neal. <laughs> they, they should all be at 500 bucks. Yeah, that's, that's ridiculous. That's terrible. Rashad is literally making that much money chauffeuring women around at Hockey Day in Canada this weekend. <laughs> Russell Westbrook makes $47 million a year, and he can't do what that guy did. <laughs> Are you kidding me? This guy's getting $500? Is this the John Rashad contest? Is like who sponsors this? Is, is there anything more Indiana sounding than five hundred dollars? The the according to uh, Statistica, in two thousand two, the Indiana Pacers are worth one point eight billion dollars. The owner basically dropped five hundred dollars when he opened the door to his car. And said, well, it's dirty now. Let's just give it away to somebody. <laughs> Maybe we'll get them to <laughs> take a half-court shot. Like like Jackie Moon in Semi-Pro was giving away more than $500. The Flint Fireworks didn't even have uh, – Flint Tropics didn't even have any money. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> That's a ripoff. Terrible. Don't you know, pump it up. You've got to pump it up. And now it's time for Pump It or Dump It. And we had this submission. Jason in London, and I think he knows you, Manny, because he had some not-so-nice things to say about your choices in music. (laughs) He has submitted this song. Oh, 
That song is Tweeter and the Monkey Man by the Headstones. And I believe the Traveling Wilburys did that back in the 80s as well. Uh, so, fellas, what do you think? Pump it or dump it? Yeah, I know this, Jason. He was giving me the gears because the Headstones played in London in the middle of December. And he was telling me that uh, I, I missed a great concert. And uh, this is one of the Headstones feature songs. I've seen the Headstones about 12 times. Okay. Like I'm I'm really geared up for the Headstones. I love them. So when this song comes on, I'm all for it. I'm pumping this song. Jason, I love you because you don't really like Manny that much. (laughs) (laughs) But this song is a massive, this is a Taco Bell dump for me. Oh, come on. This song sucks, man. This song sucks. Hugh Dillon is going to come after you right now. Hugh Dillon probably parks my car when I go out for dinner. I can't believe you're talking trash about Hugh Dillon, that good Canadian musician and actor. What's that? <laughs> what's that Canadian cop show that he stars in? Come on, Rashad, you know oh, all these shows. Crap. Oh, I. It's right at the top. Flashpoint. Yeah. Flashpoint. Yeah. Coronation Place. What, what's the What's the show that he's on? Look, Hugh Dillon. No one's heard of you. The song's not very good. <laughs> the band's not very good. Wow. You're not, even, you're not even really singing in the song. You're just Oh, tweeting. that's terrible. <laughs> Next time the headstones play, you're not invited. <laughs> Let me start rhyming off the things that I would rather do than go to a headstones concert. <laughs> and I'll still be going at the beginning of episode 171. <laughs> Uh, you'd rather go to an Indiana Pacers game and try to win $500 by shooting a free throw, a three-pointer, and a half-court shot. (laughs) Rashad, you got to split the difference here. Yeah, I'm going with Matt. I'm not a big fan of it. I didn't like it back in the 80s. There we go. go. I'm just not a Headstones guy. Not a Headstones guy. Have you even heard of the Headstones? Yes, and actually a friend of mine has a story about Hugh Dillon uh, back at Queen's University in the washroom from the 90s, but I won't say what he was up to. <laughs> hey! hey. <laughs> Matt's Got changing him. his tune now. He's looking at likes the guy now. Got him. <laughs> <laughs> he's up from your way too, isn't he, Rashad? Isn't he up I think from he's from Kingston, isn't he? He's from Kingston, so. yeah. He's from yeah, Kingston. I think so. Remember to follow us all week <laughs> long on social media. Yes, Podcast FFC on Twitter and Instagram for future considerations on Facebook as well. We will link you to uh, John's LinkedIn profile if you're interested in hiring him for any sort of uh, future event that you're, you're planning. Uh, he, he can work scoreboards. He can work audio programs. He, he's very good with the ladies. <laughs> I mean, he's got it all, but he's got a. He hates Canada and the Commonwealth, and uh, and will tell stories <laughs> out of class. So, <laughs> plus and minuses in, in either way. <laughs> <laughs>
And if we still have them, we'd like to thank our sponsors too. London Hunting's quality that shows. After this episode, who knows? And Shane Topolovic of Next Level Athletics in Windsor, specializing in sport training and nutrition. And don't forget, if you have any questions or uh, maybe allegations for an upcoming debate, send us an email at fourfutureconsiderations at gmail.com. We say it all the time, but you really never know what's going to be said on the next episode of For Future Considerations. So join us next week. Thank you for listening to this one. We'll talk to you soon. That was a disgraceful performance, in my opinion. In my opinion, that sucked. Their mentality's awful. Their attitude's awful. It's been their M.O. for the last three years. Tonight I saw and heard one of the most disgusting, rudest, sick, demonstrations in my entire career probably the worst it's garbage and the editor that let it come out is garbage you're still here it's over go home